0: Hi, I'm Misty. And I'm Liz. We're two women who don't know shit about literature, but we love to hang out and talk about the books we've read
1: and everything else in our minds. So get cozy, grab a drink, and let's get started. Hey, this is Liz and Misty.
0: Welcome back to episode three of Talking Shitature.
1: So what's been going on with you?
0: You know, summer is about to come to an end and school starts for us next week. So we're kind of, well, we are in the final hours of mom having to get her shit together with uniforms and school supplies oh, yeah. we and went all of that last week. We did too, but I'm still missing things like Ziploc bags and paper towels and those kind of things. And now I need to get masks because we have Mask mandates, mandate. so I need to I send my kids to school with just a box of disposable masks.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So we, Actually,
1: I had a teacher suggest that. She's really, like they're easier, they're cheap, if they lose them, not a big deal. It's
0: not a big deal. And I find I breathe better with through those and my kids do too. We last year we started off with cloth masks, and I'd come home and wash them and all of that, and they would shrink. And, yep. you know, and, like, kids' And then you had hands- to iron them. Oh, God, no.
1: Oh, mine were <laughs> so messed up, you had to iron them. I got, no.
0: No. Well, my kids' hands are so, like, you know, fingers are so grimy. There's like,
1: Cheeto dust on them. And it's, like, black. Yeah.
0: So, like, on my daughter's mask, was always these black where she would, like, pull it off, you know, by her nose. Oh, my
1: son said, Mom, can you wash my mask? It's starting to smell like spit.
0: So oh. I was like,
1: why does it smell like spit? And he was like, Oh, because I suck on it. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> so why are kids so
1: disgusting? They
0: are so gross, so gross. So I do box of disposable masks. They They have
1: like tie-dye. The tie-dye they tie-dye like rainbow. I got
0: black for myself because black is chic.
1: Also, if you're wearing makeup, you can't see it on the inside. I right. hate when you pull your mask off and it's, it's covered in makeup. It's just
0: like foundation. Yes. So trying to get some last minute school things together and while i'm trying to make the best of this last week that i have them home you know which it's tuesday and i've not done that yet maybe friday we'll do something fun
1: yeah you know there's always tomorrow we've got open houses coming up we
0: do we have open house on friday we have to drop off our school supplies and meet our the teachers and all of that what's been going on with you
1: so I have been super obsessed with this show called Kevin can F himself.
0: Okay. On it's, AMC. Is it good?
1: It is. It, it is good. Okay. It's different. It's got um, the sister from Shit's Creek, which I, I love a, her. I'm Alexis. Obsessed. Yes. Alexis, but okay. she is not Alexis. Okay. So don't go into this expecting Alexis. Her name's Annie Murphy. Shit's Creek is just simply the best. It is the best. Simply the
0: best. the best. It is. It is very much that. No,
1: she does a completely different role. This show is unlike any other show that I've watched because it is part sitcom with the bright lights and the laughter. Mm-hmm. And then it's part dark drama, where she kind of goes into herself, and she's got anxiety, and she doesn't like her life, and it switches back and forth, and I've never seen that before, so it's really interesting to watch, and the story is getting good, but our stupid internet went out, so now we've just been you know how how do we live without internet now you're
0: just like washing your clothes with like a washboard and cook you know by candlelight exactly
1: i have to take like the pot of beans outside and cook it over the fire
0: right it's just you know we're literally we have a tent we're sitting in a tent right now
1: basically <laughs> i mean you can't watch tv you can't get online uh, the kids don't know what to do it themselves they can't play Fortnite. right so
0: they have to entertain themselves
1: so, I've, I've been liking that show, and then we found a really old PlayStation in the closet. Oh. I think it was mine from when I was in high school. It's a PS2. Okay. So, I was like, oh, I'm going to give this to my son. So, we plug it into his room just to see if it works. Right. And it's he bought himself a new TV, so he's got this big TV in his room now. Plug it in. Turn it on. It is porn.
0: Shut up.
1: The worst porn.
0: Was he standing in there when you turned
1: it on? Both of my children Oh my god. So my 7 year old daughter and my 10 year old son and I'm trying to cover up the screen but you know how it is when you get frazzled like I cannot find anything to turn anything off. I'm like covering up the dick with my hand and it's too big. It was awful and I'm like don't
0: and of course they're like straining their eyes,
1: their eyes. So, yes so i think like i slammed like i knocked my daughter out <laughs> trying to cover her eyes up and then later my son was like mama i'm sorry but i looked before you said don't look god i was and of course my husband was taking a poop because what are men doing when you need them god they're in the bathroom and it wasn't my porn <laughs> so i don't who else's could it have been? So this is his fault. Right. And he's just and also,
0: reading tiger droppings on the toilet.
1: Yes. Also, this is like the perm of this super bleach blonde woman. I don't know how I saw her hair past the day. <laughs> but huge hair. Oh, It was like 70s homemade corn oh on a God. burnt disc.
0: To <laughs> Jamie, your Jamie's, husband. Jamie's
1: like, oh, that wasn't mine. That must have been Ty. Like, his brothers? Yes. I'm like, how is this your Brother, oh my god like that doesn't make any sense why would ty come over to our house with his burnt porn and watch it (laughs) on a playstation on my playstation (laughs) oh my god
0: (laughs) so you have a playstation now is he excited
1: it's a ps2 the good ones are ps5s now. well
0: that's true how well i wanted to tell you remember when we were growing up we had a nintendo 64 yes well jacks Got a Nintendo 64 this weekend oh my god. from a friend that's who awesome. I think he traded a PlayStation, it might have been a PlayStation 3 or something, for this Nintendo 64. So he has Mario World.
1: Oh my god, I loved that's the only Mario I've ever beaten. So I love it.
0: We have that, Mario Kart and Goldeneye. No.
1: Oh man, so, I loved GoldenEye. That was
0: that was the best. Come around
1: the corner and shoot you, and then you're right. Red.
0: Remember whenever we'd play the game, where it was just they had like the flags. They were running around. They were. It was like a um like a little little. You had like the main game, and then you had like little oh, like missions. Little yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they, so yeah, it's I, we haven't played GoldenEye yet, but I can't wait to play it because it it was my favorite. We are going to talk about the corrections today. Finally. I know, here we are, finally. this I feel like this is six months in the making. This
1: book was, it was a toughie. It was, as far as
0: page counts and
1: what it talked about. There it, was so many words in that book.
0: There was about six, there's 616 pages in it, and I think it was 613 pages of explanation, and the remaining was dialogue. It was a lot. We aren't complaining. It was a really good book.
1: Yes. And actually,
0: so that book
1: got a lot of praise and recognition. Like we said last episode, it was actually on the Oprah list, and Oprah can do no wrong with her book list As Queen far as, o. as far as we're concerned. She's got some great books. So it got a lot of awards and recognition. So in theory, it should have been a really, really good book, but in practice, it was it was hard.
0: It was. It was a difficult read. It was not a beach read.
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> oh,
0: no. And it, but it included everything that I personally like, which is
1: dysfunction. I had a friend text me and she said, this book is so wordy, it seems as if every thought is written down. The family is the definition of dysfunctional. They make us seem like the damn Brady Bunch.
0: Ding, ding, ding. Good one. <laughs> yeah, she now, hit it right on the money. She did. Jonathan Franzen, who is the author of The Corrections, is an amazing writer. I mean, all the accolades to him for his gift of writing. He is very wordy. Yeah, it's a lot.
1: I started listening to this book, and at first I couldn't concentrate because I was like, who is that voice? And It was read by George Goodall, who I feel like I should know him from something, but I don't know who he is. <laughs> but I thought that it was the narrator from A Christmas Story. Really? Yes. <laughs> The, you know how the cadence of the, <gasps> right. the Christmas story like, is? okay, like him looking back? No, no, like no. Like the adult version? Like I adult? just thought it was the same person. Oh, It okay. sounded a lot like the Christmas story narrator. I cannot
0: imagine this book being narrated by Ralphie.
1: Okay, so I feel like this is just such a long book. We should probably just skip the chit chat and dive right into maybe a quick plot summary and then we can talk about it. I mean, a... A quick, I'm doing air quotes because I don't know. I don't know how you're going to summarize this, but go right ahead.
0: Well, there's Enid and Alfred. They live in a Midwestern town called St. Jude. She's a hoarder, and he is, I believe that he's on the onset of dementia. And they are miserable. (laughs) He lives in his basement, and he tinkers, and she's convinced that he's losing his mind. They go on a cruise, they they stop in New York City so they can visit their son Chip. Chip, how would you describe Chip? A nympho?
1: Uh, so obsessed with sex. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. Everything, if he sees anything, a stick on the ground reminds <laughs> him of sex. And he wants to have sex with the stick on the ground. It is everything. He is
0: obsessed with sex and his chair, his chaise. Oh, yeah. He... Uh, kind of goes the story kind of goes back and forth between him going
1: through his his relationship with a former student melissa so he used to be a professor at a college they don't even tell us the name though they just d. they put d and then a line so that's like they're blocking out the name and
0: i did have i i as i was reading it i was wondering why they didn't why jonathan did not ju- jonathan because we're
1: Oh, yeah, you know, he John, He's, he came over last week for cocktails. He, he
0: did. John did. Why they didn't just, why he didn't just make up a college name?
1: I don't know. I kind of felt like it made it seem a little bit more real.
0: Right. Like, like, like it was, was a real
1: scandal like that had happened. Like Dartmouth or something? Was it? Right. Like, oh, well, you'll never know. It's a liability if I write it because this really happened. Maybe that's, maybe so. Whenever I listened to the book, though, they just kept saying D college And I was like, what college is that? So I went back through the text to find it and that's how I knew it was a D with a line because I was really confused. I was like, what is and I was thinking D E E college. Right, Right. Which would have
0: honestly, which reading it in the book would have made it even better. (laughs) Just I just kept thinking, why don't they why didn't he just give him this college a a fake name? So Chip is having this drug fueled relationship with his student the mexican a yes so he gets fired duh he gets and which is ridiculous because he was about to be offered like tenure tenure there and he just like screws it all Mm -hmm. pun intended away yep what what a dummy so poor chip
1: he's on his ass at this point i think he had a dinner party before he left, for all his friends, all the other professors and everything, he invited him over, cooked him dinner. And then I think the next morning, he was like still drunk, you know, down on his luck. And he looks around and he sees that the um the house is in disarray. And he says, the state of the house is like the state of my mind. And that super resonated with me. Because if my house is messy, then I am in the worst mood. Oh, absolutely. So, it really, I was like, I've never heard someone put it that well before, because that happens to me at least three times a week. I get so frustrated <laughs> because the house is so messy, and it makes my brain messy. I cannot, cannot handle it. It's very, it's very triggering for me. If the house is messed up, then my, then everything in my life is messed up. Everything. I need my house, and I don't want to walk around and get stuff stuck to my feet because the floor needs to be vacuumed. No, because it's just a reminder of that handle it. I'm a
0: terrible person and terrible mother and terrible wife and I've failed everybody. Exactly. All right. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, So Chip's parents come as a little stop on their way to this Norwegian cruise and they have a lunch together. I thought it was kind of funny that Chip's mom assumes that he works at the Wall
1: Street Journal when he doesn't he works at the Warren Street Journal? And Enid's all about impressing people. So if it sounds good, then that's that what she's, she's stick going with. It.
0: Like she just she kept mentioning this wedding that she had gone to with this you know this well-to-do person in their town, and she kept talking about all the fancy things that they had at the wedding, and you could just tell that she wished that her her own family was was as put together as this other family
1: seemed to be. She wants, she wants to be very wealthy, and she wants to be the It family, and it upsets her that she isn't, or her family isn't. So she kind of makes things up. Right. And then poor
0: Alfred, he's just in the background, just losing his ever-loving mind, just having these hallucinations, I believe was from the medication of Parkinson that he was taking for Parkinson's. And everyone's just kind of trying to deal with that and deal with enid who is losing her own mind in a different way so they meet together for this lunch and chip finds that his girlfriend julia is leaving and he thinks that she's there to join the family but actually she's
1: getting her stuff and she's can you imagine if you came home and like your significant other was leaving with all of their things and they were just like oh sorry i didn't think that you'd be back by now, right? I just, meant to be gone whenever right. you got home with your family. They're
0: they're being caught in the act.
1: <laughs> so Chip, and
0: and this is what the part of the book that was kind of I was trying to wrap my head around was Chip. He has his family, his mom and dad there, and he just leaves, like leaves them. I
1: know, and he hadn't even seen his parents in a while because he lives in New York and they live they live in the Midwest. So he hasn't seen them in a while he automatically leaves because he's got to go chase julia right he was writing
0: a script that julia was julia is a receptionist for a for eden right
1: yeah and eden produces movies
0: right she reads scripts and she's kind of the middleman between you know like once you get past her then right then your script can go somewhere and apparently all he wrote about was boobs just boobs. Just boobs. And of course his girlfriend's like, WTF, I'm I'm out. This like, is you too obvious, many boobs. This, you obviously have a hang up here. So he chases after her, but not in the way that you would think.
1: He's got no money. He starts, he's belligerent.
0: I thought that he was chasing after her because he cared, but that's not it at all.
1: He just wanted his screenplay read. Right. He was chasing after her to make sure that the screenplay was read. So he finally gets to the office and guess who he sees? Julia's husband. Yes, Julia's married this whole time. She is.
0: But they're estranged.
1: They're on the rocks. They
0: are. And they don't have a typical marriage, but he's there with Eden and Eden's daughter's there and
1: Eden's daughter is coloring on the back of Chip's script. So that's not good. Obviously, it's not going to work out at this point. No, and but the thing is is while
0: Eden's talking to him, it seems like she actually likes it. I was thinking when I was reading all of this that if some if I was trying to, if I had written something like this and I was trying to get it by the powers that be, that everything she was telling him wasn't really that bad. Maybe she
1: was just like sugarcoating. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen seen movies where people are trying to become actors or get their thing written their screenplay produced and it's like the Hollywood types are all like oh yeah it's great we'll be in touch I'll have my people call your people (laughs) and then the person walks out the door and the guy in charge is like never gonna talk to that person. Gonna escort you out. Right like he's they're just like nice to your face instead of just saying this is what needs to be changed they're nice to your face about it and then they're just like nope.
0: Maybe so. I just, while I was reading it, he was so hung up on getting an answer from her. But she's also like, no, this is great. You're a genius. You're absolutely
1: genius. But then she was also like, why don't you go with guitarist? Is that how how you would say his name? Guitarist? That's how they said it in the audio book. Okay. So she's like hardcore, like, oh, guitarist needs help. You're really good with computers. And Chip's like, no, I'm not. She's like, oh, yes, 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 you are. No, you're perfect. You're like an IT, like, whiz. Right. So she sends Chip away with guitarist to Lithuania. Of all places because he's Lithuanian guitarist and he's trying to save his country. Right. I don't know. I kind of got a little muddled in that whole area because it was like on top of trying to figure out who all the different people are And at this point, we might even be halfway through the book and we haven't even, nothing's even happened. (laughs) Right, right. So I kind of got a little muddled with her with, with trying to explain the politics. But basically, Lithuania is not doing well as a country. It's in turmoil. And guitarists found a way to basically steal American investors money. Right. He was kind of. Playing the part of this PR person where he was going to,
0: on the you know on the internet, he was going to put up all these pictures, these nice pictures of Lithu- Lithuania, so that investors would come in and invest their money. And they would be like, oh, we're going to name this
1: street for, for this after much you. money, we'll name this street after you. For this much money, we'll name this little town after you. Right. Like
0: going, like if, you know, like here at LSU, if you donate money, you can get your name on a brick. Yes. It's kind of that thing, but you get like a whole street right. named after you. And you he started
1: ch- it as a joke, and then the money started rolling in. So it, so then it became obvious to him that he needed to make his site look a little bit more professional. Right. So that's where Chip came in. So he gives Chip a bundle of cash. As soon as Chip's got that cash in his pocket, he's like, okay, cool. Don't care about Julie anymore.
0: No. Which really honestly doesn't sound like a bad gig. Yes, it's absolutely illegal. However, for $30,000 or however much he, he got in a bag it really wasn't really a bad no
1: bad, so by the bad time, front by the time chip makes it home his parents have already boarded the cruise ship and he doesn't seem to care has n- gives zero f's about doesn't care. anyone about uh, other than himself right he's just worried about his leather pants and <laughs> his
0: he loves leather and also when i was
1: reading at it's the... like he has a midlife crisis, crisis he's 38 and he's trying to
0: well, I don't know. Maybe he only lives to be 76. Well, I know, but that's what I was in my head when I was reading. The, you know how you, you yeah. picture somebody? Yes. To me, Chip was like 50s, like 50-year-old, you know, in his 50s. Leather pants,
1: just... Sparse hair on top. Yes. Gauges in his ears. Exactly. And just... Maybe like, a, like one of those sweaters that's got holes in it, but it's meant to have holes in it. Yes. Like, he's just this... In a cucumber down the side of his like his pants, obviously a cucumber, yes, yes, because there's
0: 100% permanent cucumber there. He, in my head, just was this creepy, just ugh. but he was only he was he's not even as old as I am, which is which is crazy because it, it just in my head it just did not match. But he didn't care about anybody but himself. But also at the lunch, he has a sister,
1: Denise, yes, Denise. I know you told me yesterday that you didn't like her, and um, we didn't really get into it, but I actually like Denise. Really? Mm-hmm.
0: I, I don't know. Denise Denise was lost, as lost as Chip, but in a different way.
1: Yes, she was. She had her stuff together financially, whereas Chip did not. She actually loaned Chip about $20,000 to kind of get him on his feet after he lost his job, but romantically and personally, she had been married and then divorced and then she started dating women and then she wasn't sure if she liked women and she was kind of all over the place and then she got hired to start a restaurant and then she immediately starts sleeping with her boss's wife. Which is right. not good as you can imagine. And she gets so caught up in that relationship that everything else falls to the wayside, which is apparently not like her at all. They always talk they talk about Denise always being perfect having like a straight a student always wanting to know more and be the best and if she was going to work hard she was just a very very hard worker
0: right and she was a a successful so uh, she was obviously
1: head over heels for her boss's wife whose name was robin
0: robin i just there was something about her that just she seemed like a big enabler to me because she kept giving chip money and she just kind of like, swept things under the rug. And I honestly didn't... I didn't appreciate the way she treated her mom. I think the mother-daughter relationship, she was really dismissive of Ugh, her mom. See,
1: I thought her mom treated her badly. That's why I didn't like the mom. And I liked Denise.
0: Her mom was a nag. Ugh. Enid was a nag to Denise, for sure. But they didn't see each other very often. So I kind of felt like, you know, I th- they're older. They're elderly parents. You know, you kind of like... I'm only going to see them this one afternoon. I'm going to shut my mouth and I'm going to just kind of, yeah, like deal with it. And then when they leave, I'll just sit down and just do a bunch of shots. And like just every get time we it. see grandmother and she's like, well, have you been to church lately? <gasps> right. Have you been to church? Well, well you, know, you know, you need to bring your kids to church. I know they're, they're going to go to hell if you don't bring them to church.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And I, but you know, why do your britches have holes in them? Why can't you afford to buy britches without holes in them? and you just smile and you just say well i'm i'm sorry I'm,
0: I'm i'll just i'll just do better I, okay just smile and nod mm-hmm. and denise didn't do any of that so it just really kind of i don't know it just kind of irked me irked me when i was reading their the dialogue between them that they just there
1: was but she did seem to dote on her father which was weird because alfred didn't have a great relationship with his sons but he did have a good relationship with his daughter and you can tell in the way that they act because chip and there's actually another brother we haven't even gotten to yet but chip and gary are not nice to alfred no and denise is and chip and gary are more uh, i wouldn't say obsessed but they kind of want their mom to be taken care of better. So they're more into like their mom, whereas the daughter's more into their dad. Um, because in the flashbacks, I think you see how Alfred treats them differently. And it shows in their relationships now. For sure. Absolutely. Denise is more, she's preoccupied with how her father's
0: doing, whereas the sons, Gary and Chip, are more worried about how their mom is doing. And I think. The reason for that is that they, especially Gary, Gary is married. He has three sons.
1: On the surface, he's the one that's got it all together. Right. But to me, his life was the most depressing. He had a very depressing wife and his wife. He had a depressing life. Life. Because of his wife. Because of
0: his wife, Caroline. Because she was, well, she was neurotic. She was
1: anxious. She was kind of a hypochondriac. She She did not seem to like his mom, and it showed. Right. And I mean, that's fine. You don't have to like everyone's mom, but you can't go around telling people you don't like their mama. Like, what are they supposed to do if you don't like their mom?
0: And he had had made a vow that he was never going to go back to St. Jude. Like, she would never have to go back there. For a holiday. For a holiday. Right. And I, I mean, to me, as a wife, I don't know if I could make that promise to my husband. Like, you'll never have to go back there.
1: Right. Because things come up, which... In the book, the whole point of the book basically was that Enid wanted the three kids to come back home for Christmas. One last Christmas. One last Christmas before Alfred completely loses his shit because he is actually talking to shit. Right. He's having hallucinations (laughs) of shit. Of shit. He was having shit dreams. So before he's just completely gone, she wants the three kids to come home and she wants just one last perfect Christmas and Caroline just refuses and she's she just throws it in Gary's face that he promised they would never have to go back because when the boys were babies and everyone knows traveling with babies is terrible nobody likes to do that nobody likes that this is years later the kids are kids are a little bit older definitely more able to travel and she's like oh no you promised me you maybe you're depressed she keeps putting it off on Gary and I couldn't stand her
0: no, but he was an alcoholic. Yeah. He,
1: he was an alcoholic. But he's, you kind of understand why. Yeah.
0: He just, he's the one that appears outwardly, like you said, to have it all together when in actuality has, it's just like hanging by threads. Right. And she is upset that he wants to go back. And so they go on this cruise, right? Enid and, Enid and Alfred, Alfred go on, go on the cruise. this cruise. Enid makes a friend, Sylvia. And poor Sylvia, she, her daughter was murdered and they kind of, they talked about that. And it was, that was a really, here she is on this cruise when she has all of this horrible things that were, had happening around her and they're in a, what is it like a, they were in some kind of like financial planning seminar, um, Eden was
1: when she found out about the daughter
0: no when she looked and alfred was plummeting down you know down to the water
1: Water. yes they had gone to some stock market writing financial meeting and alfred was just here he goes down and
0: which is not funny poor guy he
1: survived he survives and actually enid at one point on the cruise gets Alfred was having a bad time. It seemed like maybe being out of his house caused the dementia to really kick in. Right, right. So he was having a really hard time on this cruise. And she actually went to the, the ship doctor to try to get some medication for Alfred. But he misunderstood her and ended up giving her this medicine that was illegal in the United States called Aslan. So... She's like, I don't need to take this. And the doctor just really pushes it on her. And it was—it almost seemed like the whole point of the cruise was to give out this Aslan drug right. so that you would come back. So at the point that Alfred falls from the top of the ship into the water, she is on this Aslan <laughs> drug, which makes you just not have any shame at all. No. and not, It makes you not worry about anything. It's just... Like very calming and pleasant. It sounded like what volume sounded like it would be. just you're just, just monotone, right. Everything's fine, whatever. Right. So she doesn't. She doesn't even get worked up about Alfred falling, which I mean,
0: to me, it was surprising that he even survived because up until this point, I could not see this poor guy even walking by himself because he was he, he had appeared like he was in really bad health.
1: Yeah, he wasn't doing great. I guess physically he was there, though, because he he later talks about why why didn't I just let go? All I had to do was let go of that life preserver, and I would have ended it all. Because he's so unhappy. You know, at that point, right. whenever they're still there sometimes, and they know they're... It's like figuring out that you know you're crazy. Right. In that moment of clarity... He thinks, I could have ended it all, and I wouldn't be in the situation I'm in now. The will to survive is just too strong. Right, and he... If someone throws your life preserver, you're going to take it. And he
0: was... Right, you're on the... He was on the cusp of almost embracing how he was. That he was, you know, quote-unquote, not crazy, but maybe... I mean, his dementia was really really taking over his mind. And I, it was eight stories
1: that he fell, which is still crazy. To me into than, the water. Into you know the water, th- was like concrete. Jamie fell off the wakeboard that was gliding over the top of the water and broke his rib. And that's just falling from right on top of the water. From standing. From standing. I mean, you're going. Right. You're right. going <laughs> like, you know, 20 miles an hour, <laughs> right. however fast you go. I don't drive the boat whenever he's wakeboarding. But I mean, he fell and broke his rib, so uh, that con- that water was definitely like concrete at that point. So he he
0: survives, mm-hmm. and they do end up having this Christmas.
1: They do, and it's not the Christmas that Enid wants. No, but it's <laughs> seems pretty typical for their family. Best to be expected,
0: right? And Chip, <laughs> Chip is over in Lithuania doing his thing and has to walk. Across the border, he has to walk so many miles back to a plane because when he gets to the airport, as while well, he's escaping, the airport's closed. So he has to walk across the border. Does uh, and he catches a flight home, and he just shows up Christmas m- Christmas morning like home alone. You know, like with nothing, right? Catherine O'Hara just hi, you know, like
1: <laughs> he I'm just, here. I made it.
0: I made it, which is <laughs> which is far fetched, but he does he does come back home. And poor um, Alfred, it kind of fast-forwards where he ends up in a nursing home.
1: He goes to a nursing home. But it's honestly better for everyone that he ends up in the nursing home because Gary had been very concerned that Enid wouldn't be able to take care of the house with Alfred in the state that he is. And, I mean, that's true. I have a hard time cutting the grass, and I'm young. So it's true. She's not going to be able to take care of the house like she should – Chip ends up meeting one of the doctors, falling in love, getting married with her. They have twins. They move to Chicago and have a good life or, you know, whatever, however it's when the book ends, they're having a good life. And Denise goes to New York, starts a new restaurant. She even sends her mom money for plane tickets so she can come visit her. So it seems like their relationship is a little bit repaired. And Enid... Gets to go play bridge with her friends and she gets to have a life. And without the stress of dealing with Alfred there, she realizes her life is not that bad. It could have been worse. There was a lot of mishaps in the past years, but all in all, she did pretty well. So she's a little bit happier It's just like whenever you have a newborn baby and you're not sleeping, how everything just – you're just upset about every little thing. Right. And then once the child starts sleeping a little bit, then you're just kind of back to normal and you can breathe and you're like, oh, that's not that bad. It's not a big deal. I was so dramatic. Right.
0: Just ignore me. I'm dramatic. So poor Alfred dies.
1: Yeah, he only lasted a couple... He actually lasted longer than they expected him to. But he only lasted a couple years in like the assisted living nursing home. But I can imagine that he was ready to go. He actually tried to get Chip to kill him at one point because he didn't want to stay in the hospital. He didn't want to stay in the nursing home. So it seemed almost like happy endings for everyone. The problem with this book is... There's really not very much plot to it. There's not. Most of the book, so if our explanation of the book, our plot summary of the book is a little all over the place, it's because... Most <laughs> That's of, actually how the book read. The book was so all over... The, the book was explaining s- each person's life from birth to where we are now mixed up all over the place.
0: Right. And it wasn't in, you know, a lot of books have- chapters, right? where each chapter would go through each person, you know, their backstory, and then, you know, the next chapter would maybe be present day, and then the next chapter would be, you know, something that happened in the past. This, this was not, this did not read
1: like that. There was no order to it. It's almost like what we just said. The, this is the quote I couldn't find earlier. The shame and disorder in his house were like the shame and disorder in his head, referring to Chip's messy house. It's almost as if the shame and disorder in my plot summary is like the shame and disorder in this book. Yes. It's just the chronological order of this book is just... Non-existent. Really? No. And if you were to write this plot out, it would probably be 100 pages. So we had 500 pages of explaining The characters, which was necessary. Absolutely. Absolutely. But not all of it was necessary. No. I think there was an entire page listed of things that when Denise went home, she cleaned out a closet for her mother. And I think he listed an entire page of the things she cleaned out. It was, she pulled out four red broken crayons. She pulled out two games with none of the pieces. She pulled out a broken railroad track. She pulled out four buckets. She pulled out cotton balls that her mother had saved from all the medicine she had gotten over the years just in case she might need cotton balls and didn't feel like buying any. She pulled out a bucket with a hole in the bottom. She pulled out a plumber's tube. She. It was just... It goes right on and on and on and my eyes
0: would glaze over but there were parts in it that I felt needed the description like when Chip goes to the market and he buys salmon and he has it in his pants because
1: he doesn't have enough money to buy he does not
0: have enough money for this, you know, wild Alaskan salmon. And so
1: he decides he's gonna steal it.
0: He's gonna put it in his pants. Which where else would Chip put it? I don't I mean he probably wanted
1: to know what the salmon felt like on his thing.
0: Probably so. I mean he was a pervy pervy guy so as he is talking to eden's husband because chip finds him in the market and they have a, they have a conversation which lasted about 13 pages he's describing the salmon and i'm honestly getting anxious for chip while the salmon's like thawing in his pants
1: because, you know, it's hot in those leather yeah, pants.
0: Right. And it was just as I'm reading it, I'm trying to read the this discussion that he, Chip is having with Eden's husband. And I can't because I'm so distracted by the salmon in his pants, which is exactly how I f- felt like he would be.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, one of my favorite parts of the book. In this this book, there's just no way that we can talk about everything in the book because the author did a really good job of telling you something in the past that connected to the future and connected to other characters. Right. So, honestly, I read I read online that this book has been tried to make, an, they've tried to make this book into a movie two or three different times and it's never panned out. And I can see why because it's hard to even talk about what this book is about. I have a feeling that not many people are going to be able to follow this episode because it's (laughs) it's just all over the place. This is a terrible book to talk about. But um, if you read the book, it's a good book. It is.
0: It really is. It's a good – it was like – Liz picked this book. It was a good pick. It It was a
1: good pick for Let's You and Me Discuss It. Probably not the best pick for Let's You and Me Discuss It on a podcast. Maybe so. I mean, it's – But one of my favorite parts was – you find out in the book that Enid Enid takes the Aslan drug on the cruise ship that makes her just kind of not worry about anything. And Chip goes on his drug-filled sex bender with his student, and it's Mexican A. Later at Christmas, Enid had paid someone to go overseas and get her some more Aslan. <laughs> and yeah. it turns out... They were on the same drug. Isn't that crazy? So crazy to me. So another thing that that brings up is that the drug is called Aslan. Narnia, the book Narnia is really big in this book. The author even has Gary's son reading Narnia so that it's in your face. You cannot. No, it's, I mean, it was. You can't skip over it. You can't.
0: It's in your face. And he was reading it to deal with what was going on in his parents' life.
1: So the the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and the whole concept of the lion in that book is named Aslan. And if you've ever read that book, you know that the lion is symbolic for Christ, which we actually talked about that last time. We did. The lion is symbolic for Christ. So you've got this whole Savior theme coming up. And I was thinking about it and I was trying to figure out why. The, the best I could really come up with was that Alfred was almost Denise's Aslan. Right. She messes up as a teenager and sleeps with a much older man that works for her dad. And that man then goes and blackmails her father into stealing his position. So he ends up retiring about nine months before he should have, which caused him to lose out on a bunch of money. Right. But he was kind of protecting her, and he wanted her to keep her privacy, and he never mentioned it to anyone, not even Denise. The only reason we find out is because Alfred is having these hallucinations, and it kind of comes out in that. Right. Lots of truths come out during his hallucinations. So that's that's what I could kind of come up with, like the whole Narnia, Aslan thing, is that Aslan was a, the medicine was a savior for Enid when she really needed it because right. it seemed like she was really spiraling. She was. She was having a hard time dealing. And for Chip, it, I don't know how it saved him, but he definitely had fun. He did.
0: When he was <laughs> he on his Mexican Thanksgiving, A. On, for Thanksgiving week with his, with his student,
1: for Melissa. I don't really know what else to say about this book that we haven't said. If you haven't read the book, like I said, it's going to be hard for you to follow. It's just a really long, very in-depth book. It's definitely worth your time if you have it. Yes. And you don't mind there being a lot of extra details going on. One thing that I really like, it really makes me happy when I watch movies or read books, is when the title makes an appearance. Right. So anytime we're watching a movie and the ti- somebody says the title... I get really excited. In this book, the, the word corrections actually comes up a lot. And I made a note of it because it made me really happy. So, as referred to Chip, he has to make a bunch of corrections to his script. Gary, he said at one point, as a quote was, his entire life was set up as a correction to his father's life. So, we're kind of going back to the okay. theme of... Alfred wasn't a great dad to the boys. But he was a great dad to Denise. He was a great dad to Denise. And that was Alfred's. Um, He said that his parenting to Denise would be a correction to the father that I was to Chip and Gary. So I found that really telling that Gary didn't want to be like his father. But they both kind of made the same promise to themselves. Right. With Denise... She, when she worked for her father at the railroad, her job was to make corrections to rail plans. So there there was that being said, but then also it's kind of like working in New York was almost a correction to her mistake, her past mistakes.
0: Right. And she they was, didn't
1: come out and say that. So that wasn't like, no, the title. but she
0: also helped chip too, in a way that was kind of.
1: She provided yeah. correction for him. C-
0: correction for him and kind of his mistakes. She would kind of go behind him and kind of, you know, help kind of sweep up Yeah, his mess.
1: Then Enid's um, was very literal. She was very good with money. She had always been great with money. The stock market was the correction. She was waiting on the stock market to make make corrections to itself. Right. She wanted to invest money in the railroad whenever... Alfred worked there and he wouldn't let her because he said it was inside information. Alfred accidentally let it slip to a neighbor that the robber was going to be bought. The neighbor made investments and now the neighbors are like multi millionaires. Can
0: you imagine like how mad would you be?
1: Well, Enid never got over it. She I don't blame her. She was so mad the whole she wanted to take a loan out from the bank because she knew it would make money. And he refused to even discuss it with her. So I can see her point. Right there. And even at the end she said that she would go to the nursing home and she couldn't help it. She would make snarky remarks <laughs> and then she would feel bad about it, but she wouldn't stop doing it. No, so she obviously never got over it. She
0: was she was a very resentful wife for a number of things.
1: She's very much a penny pincher. She wanted to get as much money as possible. She made some remarks about how she was all about saving money and she wouldn't even pay someone to cut their grass even though they were elderly. So she was just all about saving the money. And Alfred just,
0: he pinched pennies, but in a different way. He was, he kind of struck me as what you would think an older man would be like, where he just, he just really didn't want to spend money. Yeah.
1: Like an old honorary man.
0: Right. You know, like I have enough right here. I have enough to eat and I, you know, like we don't need to, I'm surprised they even went on a trip.
1: Yeah. I think the trip was, Enid was not going to, take no for an answer because no. that sh- i think she saw that as their last time to be normal before just shit hit the fan with alfred because he was going downhill and, you he w- and then he, f- he literally went downhill and fell i off think the our Santa grandparents boat. did that i think at one point grandmother was could tell that granddaddy was doing badly and she was she wanted to she liked taking trips and seeing oh, yeah. things so she was like we're gonna go on this one last trip and that'll be it
0: one last little hurrah tell me about your mug My mug is a cute little world's greatest professor mug with what looks like a book, a textbook with a graduation cap because Chip was the definition of the world's greatest professor. Oh, he was good. He was so good. The best.
1: Professors usually sleep with their students and get fired and all sorts of things. Mexican A, absolutely. So
0: my mug is for Chip.
1: All right. I actually, have you ever been to, well, we don't go to the Midwest a whole lot, but have you ever been in Foley, Alabama to Lambert's Cafe? Home of the Throw and Rolls. Yes. So I got one of those mugs and I've got many levels as to why I got this. (laughs) I actually changed my slogan to Home of the Throwed Souls. Perfect. Very, very perfect. Because all these people are so messed up. It's called Lambert's Cafe, and that's actually all of their last name. Lambert. I don't even think that we mentioned that, but it was Alfred and Enid Lambert and all their kids.
0: Lambert's art Lamb Lambier. <laughs> yeah. Lambert's Cafe.
1: Also, Denise is in the restaurant business.
0: Perfect. That's a good little tie-in.
1: Yes. And they are apparently two restaurants, two Lambert's Cafes in Missouri. Which is, I believe, where Lambert's really got started. We know the one from Alabama because we live in the South. and It's like we go the
0: you know vaca- the little vacation you stop at Lambert's on the way to the beach yes. kind of place. But it is a Midwestern restaurant. It is very like beans
1: and cornbread. You know, corn every bread. time we go there, I'm like upset they don't have fish. And I never realized it's because... They're Midwestern. It's, it's like chicken pot pie. And I never want right. to eat... Chicken pot pie and fried ochre on the way to the beach. <laughs> right. Who wants to do that? So I didn't even think about that being like Midwest. meatloaf Food. Mashed potatoes. That's exactly what it is. So yeah, Missouri. Well, I thought Missouri was Midwest. And I asked my husband, which I'm very sorry if you're from the Midwest. You know, I don't know geography. <laughs> um, I asked my husband if Missouri was considered Midwest. And his answer was, well, I don't know. Missouri's football team's in the SEC. <laughs> So, I guess he's trying to say that they're Southern. I'm like, there's – people in North Louisiana aren't Southern to me, so.
0: Right. And when someone's from Arkansas and they say they're Southern, I'm like – No, you're not. You're basically a Yankee.
1: You are not Southern. Do you even eat crawfish? Right. You're not Southern. So, I'm going with Missouri is Midwestern. So, I have multifaceted mug this week. I was very proud of it.
0: It's a very good mug, too. And I, I heard that everyone in your house has already
1: claimed it for themselves. Yeah, it's actually, like, in addition to all the great reasons as to why I picked it, it's just, like, a solid it mug. It is a
0: solid mug. And it's big. It is. It's a cozy mug. My mug's a little puny, as I would say Chip would be. Very puny, <sighs> basic
1: mug. Um, but, yeah. Is your mug always thinking about sex? It's steamy. As you can imagine, there were some bad reviews for mm. this book. Angela from Goodreads.com says, A seemingly unending stream of word vomit. I really, <laughs> oh my gosh, I really, really despised almost everything about the corrections. I finished it solely so that I could write a horrible review wow. and have it be valid. Okay. I mean, I can see both sides. After reading the book, I can tell that it was really well written and really well put together, but it could have been about half the size and still had the same effect. Exactly. It was just... It was mucky. It was a lot to get through. Left Banker from Goodreads.com says, page after page of completely fucking pointless detail. Wow. (laughs) And I'm with him. There was a lot. There was so much detail. I don't need to know the stuff that... One or two things that Denise takes <sighs> right. out of the closet is I, great. I, I
0: mean, if, if anything. so How about Denise cleaned out the closet? Period. <laughs> <So, laughs>
1: wow, <Well>, great sentence.
0: <laughs> I mean, okay. If, would you have read this book on your own? I probably would have put this book down. While I was preparing to discuss this book, as I'm reading through different plot summaries and, and different things about the book, sound, it sounded like something I would really like. And as much as a, a great author that he is, it
1: was, or that we've heard he is, because I've never read anything else that he's written.
0: No, but I did appreciate how he wrote the book.
1: Yes, he did a great he, job. He did. He can put words together. He, oh boy, can he? <laughs> Too many of them.
0: <laughs> it was just. It was became more of a obligation than it did as a like a fun read it was very and it did have a lot of dark things in it as much as i appreciate dark things right but i need a
1: balance this right. was too there was maybe one funny part in it and i don't think it was meant to be funny i felt like i needed some mexican a while i was
0: reading this God, book i mean yes. that's that's it should come with like a little baggy on the outside <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Staple to the cover.
1: If you need more because this takes forever right. to get through, then please contact us at 1 800 <laughs> The Corrections. Right. Break glass if needed. R. Ward from Amazon.com. It said, he said, a boring story told an exquisite detail. And I thought that was just the That's- most perfect review that is
0: a perfect review well of the book i wouldn't
1: say perfect because i didn't think it was a boring story i did think that there was a point to it
0: but that that review is very like on point
1: it's so long it makes it boring right almost like our what we're doing right now is getting so long that we're just repeating ourselves
0: it is my
1: turn to pick a book
0: you picked the corrections.
1: Yes, so I'm so sorry. I would no, like no, no, no. to extend my <laughs> deepest apologies to the three people that read the book. Chris, I'm very sorry. Rusty, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it, it's it's
0: fine. So I'm going a different way. We're okay, going go to cover a book called Sorry I Missed You by Susie Krause. It is 313 pages long. Perfect. Doable. Got it. It is... It is going to be fun. It's going to be a fun read. It's going to be great. So this one is. Is going there time to, traveling? No, and there's Aww. no wands, no fairies in this book. Well, shoot. I know. Sorry to disappoint you, but it you said it was. Ma- it sounded magical.
1: Yes. F
0: Y I, it there's no magic involved in there are ghosts involved in it. Oh, that's paranormal. So, I'll take it. So I think this next book is going to be. We're going to go the other, another direction. We're going to take a left onto Sunshine Lane.
1: Perfect. That's what we need in our lives. So we're going to cover Sorry I Missed You next. Sounds good. Y'all can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter. It's mostly talking shitterature. Leave I, a
0: review. Five stars, please. Rate, review, and I
1: going to say describe us. <laughs> 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 right review and describe us please
0: but not like jonathan franzen don't <laughs> don't go into detail like that
1: you'll run out of characters on twitter for <laughs> sure
0: right so we will see you next time go ahead and get sorry i missed you follow along we please. promise that one will be better <laughs> so we look forward to interacting with you on social media
1: okay Bye. bye